0: In a world where literature is dominated by dusty, leather-bound books with no pictures. Three men dare
1: to venture to their local
0: comic shop.
1: To approach the counter and utter those three magic words.
0: Make mine paperback.
1: Welcome in and
0: welcome back to Make Mine Paperback a podcast about comic books and the rock musical with music, lyrics, and book by Jonathan Larson, loosely based on Buccini's 1896 opera La Boheme. Rent tells the story of a group of impoverished young artists struggling to survive and create a life in Lower Manhattan's East Village in the thriving days of Bohemian Alphabet City under the shadow of HIV AIDS. I'm Graham One Song Glory Giles trying to write one song before I go, and with me... As always, my former roommates, he's living La Vie Boheme, saluting Lenny Bruce and Langston Hughes, demanding wine and beer for his Marvel cheer, Alex Shear. And he thinks 525,600 cups of coffee might be just enough to get him through this episode, measuring his DC collection in love, Steven Shear. Today, we conclude our theme for the month of January, Sidekicks. This week, we have Alex's book on
1: the theme, Alex, what are we talking about this week? This week we are diving into Kick-Ass number four, and this is the introduction of Hit-Girl as she slashes her way into the pages of the Kick-Ass comics. She's nine years old, she loves Hello Kitty, and she could rip out your windpipe before you even get a chance to plead for mercy. Where'd she come from? Who's Big Daddy? We're gonna find all this out and more today. Steven, however, we gotta ask, what'd you read this week?
2: Well, actually, um, I read a it was a DC special. It was just like a called book, Crimes of Passion, that was released before Valentine's Day. So I did. That's pretty much all I had time to read because um, I work in. I don't know if I've ever even said this on the podcast, but I work in public accounting. So this is a pretty brutal season for me. So that's all I got the time to read this week.
0: Still, Grandpa, I mean, what a, even in the midst of your busy season, you get some comic reading in. That's got to be nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the book I got, it was just inter. It was stories that were really brief short stories i would had some of the side characters from dc so it wasn't anything that involved a lot of thinking so it was pretty perfect
1: well, oh there you go what about you graham
0: well this week i continued reading why the last man more brian cave on stuff uh, my wife got me a bunch of the trades for christmas and so uh i've been reading through those and uh, i've gotten through the first six trade paperbacks now so uh that's an exciting book and kind of uh Kind of cool to see where Brian K. Vaughn was compared to where he is now with uh, Saga, which you know, if you're listening today, Saga comes out today, so uh, make
2: sure you get your hands on that. Oh, yeah, have, uh, I've got mine on my polis, so Here you go, Alex. What'd you read this week?
1: This week, I dived into Extraordinary X Men, um, a uh, trade paperback collection of the first five issues of Extraordinary X Men, um, called X Haven. Some good stuff talking about some some of the very classic characters you love. You've got Old Man Logan in it. You've got Jean Grey. So, I mean, just some great stuff going on there. Not my cup of tea um, in terms of where I would go with the X-Men. Granted, I have a little bit more cursory knowledge. I feel like it's a good kind of a kickoff introduction for new readers, but it's not not the direction I would go as a seasoned reader of X-Men and their characters, but overall, not a bad, not a bad read. Definitely recommend it for anybody who's relatively unfamiliar with those, with those characters and those storylines.
0: Well, it sounds like fun. Always fun to see what the X-Men are up to. Uh, I think a lot of those storylines, a lot of the, the writers of X-Men have been pretty cool over the years. Although you're right. It's one of those, uh, one of those books that has ups and downs depending mm-hmm. on who's writing.
1: Sure, sure. But Moving into this week's book, obviously, we are diving into kickass number four or issue four, where we are meeting our awesome sidekick, Hit Girl. And I guess before our listeners get too far into this, graphic warning, um, language warning uh, this one's intense. What did you guys think? Well,
2: I didn't read the first uh, three, I have to confess. I really. Like I said, I was pretty busy this week, so I, I just got to read number four. And and based off that, I mean, I enjoyed it. I saw the movie before, and then I did read uh, something from kick after watching that movie, but that was, you know, over 10 years ago, and I don't remember what I read. So I was prepared for some violence, but it was even more violent than I remember. Um, that's my first takeaway, but uh, it's something that, just based on this book, it's it's hard to tell if it was what it was really all about, so I'm probably going to go back and read the other three to... Really good and informed opinion.
0: I, I think that's exactly what you're supposed to take from this book. And it's exactly what I did. I mean, this one, this, this book in particular, issue number four, but uh, the whole, the whole series, it just super violent. That's, uh, that's what this is. A like, Kick-Ass is a very violent book and, uh, and the drawing just, you know, pardon the pun, but makes it even more graphic.
2: yeah i think uh i think this one has a little bit of that shock valley going on where it is it's not yeah it's 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 not just a little violence like extreme violence you know when when alex was reading the description about ripping out a windpipe i mean that's not even an exaggeration
1: no not at all (laughs) i so uh, part of the reason why i chose this book is because of how intense it was um i feel like sometimes we we as readers, we think of our sidekicks as, you know, as we have all month, we've kind of figured out, hey, our sidekicks are more than just a name and they'll, you know, they'll beat up the the lower minion bad guys while the while the head guy goes and takes care of the big baddie. No, I mean, you know, the these sidekicks are so much more than just a sidekick. And so I, I really that's why I picked this book is because I mean she's quite frankly a legit badass. And as we go through the pages of this book, you see that she's more badass than, well, some of the actual kick-ass, like, main character. And uh, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that was a big part of why I chose this book. But, I mean, I guess let's just, uh, let's dive on in. Um, You talk about the gore and stuff. We're introduced right in the very first page with a sword through a guy's head, bleeding out of his face. And we see this, this little girl just uh, (laughs) wielding two of these swords and go into town on people
0: and i I think one of the things we talk about uh when we talk about comic books uh people want to put labels on eras of comic books we talk about like the golden age and the silver age and the bronze age um and then most people you come up to what's now and we just call it the modern age uh which seems a little bit foolish because that means the modern age stretches from like roughly 1986 until now which we're like yeah 40 years is fine for this current age of comic books um but i think the the more recent age of comic books is the cinematic age for me uh as the title i would put on it and i think this book especially uh is very cinematic i mean there's a reason that it became a movie so quickly after it was a book um uh, and it's because it's, it's practically already written as a movie uh that we start with this you know establishing shot of a of a close up of this i mean really really violent terrible <laughs> cut a guy's head in half kind of move um and, uh, and very shortly thereafter, we move into this action sequence. So it goes from this long establishing shot to quicker and quicker and faster and faster panels until again, we get another violent shot of a uh, woman being impaled into a door. Um, and just, uh, I think the pacing of this issue is really cool. I didn't love the violence factor, uh, but the art itself does lend itself to the to the violence, to uh, really making us experience it.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think that's an an interesting point too. First about the the cinematic era. I think that's pretty accurate of a description because that's with modern technology, how they can render images a lot better. Now I do get that feeling where it does kind of, you can almost feel the motion just by looking at it. So that's, that's an interesting point, especially in, in this opening sequence. I personally, I mean, to me the violence wasn't too off-putting just because it was so over the top it was like almost cheesy you know to me it's just like i mean there's there's gore when it's you know accurate and 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 terrible and that that bothers me but when it's just like over the top like in the boys or or um in like the newest suicide squad movie even when it's just like so over the top it's cheesy i i kind of think that's funny i don't know that's just my opinion
1: no i think and i think that's 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 valid right it's there is a lot of gratuitous. I mean, I feel like if Quentin Tarantino wrote a comic book, it would be something like Kick-Ass because you look at the Quentin Tarantino films, gratuitous amounts of blood, just like an unnecessary amount of blood, a lot of intense language, and a lot of violence that drives the story. And I think if I had to say that that's a cinematic comparison, that, that would be my cinematic comparison would be, this is the comic book of a Quentin Tarantino style film.
0: I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I I just think it's what, the way Tarantino does it and, and the way Kickass does it, they try and use violence in a way to to make to sell a story across, to make it seem more gritty and and more real. But I don't I just don't buy it. I mean, the real world is is not as violent as Tarantino and it, it's certainly not as violent as Kickass. Uh and and I get it. Sometimes we use Violence, and we we turn up certain aspects of a story in film, and especially in comic books, uh, as a way to to get a point across. And in this case, we're trying to get across the point that as an adolescent, you might dream of being a superhero, but when it happens in real life, there's a lot of things that you don't take into account, including the violence. But real life is not is not anywhere near as violent as this, and and I don't think it sells the point that being a superhero is not what you should be because we see kick-ass experiences this violence and then he comes back to it over and over again and this idea that somehow the violence is uh, I, I, whatever addictive uh, some sort of quality about it draws him in I just I'm not here for it
2: and I don't uh, disagree with you about the the point about Quentin Tarantino and and certain films being just too violent because to me it's like those types of movies are, when when they're played for, you know, more realistic effect, where they have, like, torture and injury detail, and, and they really focus on the blood and gore as to be shocking, and, and, you know, like, and it's portrayed in, like, a more, you know, like, horror films, and that, to me, that type of violence bothers me a lot more than, to me, it's just, like, kick-ass, and those types of stories are just, they're violent just to be, you know, just, like, just not to mean anything by it. It's just like almost to be funny and ridiculous. That's how it comes across to me. Like it's just like absurd and and like so over the top. It couldn't be real. So to me, it's just like that's why. It's like I understand what you're saying, but I think it can be violent without being the same type of violence as like a Quentin Tarantino film. Well, and that was- I think
0: that's well. That's what I worry about though. With with this violence is that. If it, if it serves a purpose, if if, if there's a point to it, if, and especially when we turn it up to absurdist levels, just the same way if you turn up comedy to absurdist levels, um, sometimes it can make things even more funny. But if it's done without a point, without a purpose, I worry that with comedy, it's almost okay, because you just go, it was, turn, it was too farcical, and so I didn't find it funny. But when it comes to violence, when you turn it all the way up, then we're forced to either agree that the the too much violence is funny which may be a little bit problematic or the idea that too much violence is fine we can just we just it's it's nothing and we just move past it to the story And i don't know if ignoring violence is that good either it's it certainly has brought up you know a question and a point of debate in the story and so there's there's certainly value there but i don't know over the top violence for the sake of comedy i'm not on board with that
1: well, that's fair. I think I think that it does present a level of over-the-topness that it, it provides that shock value, right? It's people are like, oh, you know, I expect some comics to have some violence, some gore, but this is just so in your face that it it's more shocking. And I mean, some people, they, they get over that, they figure it out, they're like, all right, this is whatever. Other people, they're like... Mm, seems too much to me. and it, but it never strays from that. at least if the, if nothing else, it's consistent with what it's doing. and I can appreciate that.
0: Well there's certainly an argument that the point of this violence is uh, for the reader to eventually like, at first be shocked by it and then eventually come to accept it as the norm for this book. and it's making a point about the way that anything, violence or or whatever else, Um, if we're exposed to it enough, it becomes the norm and it becomes no longer shocking. Um, And and if that's the point, I think it does an okay job of getting there. I just think in general, the writing of this book leaves a lot to be desired for me anyway. I I, I know a lot of people love this book, but for me, I, I don't love the writing here. I do, however, despite the violence, love the art in this book. I mean, we take this to the point where we like, the characters are almost caricatures like their their features are exaggerated and, and everything in this book is a little bit exaggerated as a way almost as as painting a picture with clowns and we, we're watching them go through this life Um the camera angles are crazy and uh and then so kind of having this weird caricature on the page uh, experience in this world of violence the juxtaposition there it is really cool
2: yeah it did it did you brought up about the caricature in and, in and, and that art style. It did seem like some of the characters were drawn with their heads way too big for their body. I did notice that as well. Um, but the you kind of you brought up the writing and I do agree with you on that point as well. Um, that the writing did leave a little bit to be desired. For me it was more so in the dialogue. I, I don't know, I, I feel like they could have could have done a little bit of better job. Um clearly I'm just more desensitized to violence is what I just realized <laughs> during this uh this podcast because I think uh, um, that just seemed to have bothered me less than the issues I had with the dialogue.
1: So, uh, mo- moving forward in the in the book, right? So, I mean, obviously the violence is a very critical component of this book. Um, let, I mean, let's talk about the dialogue. Let's talk about the story. There's there's not much. It's very it's very clear that Hit Girl is just like, hey, I'm here to do a job, and I'm out. I don't have time to stop and talk. I have to go report back to, in this case, Big Daddy. And just frankly, just makes Kick-Ass look not so Kick-Ass.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think this book, I, I brought up the point earlier with the violence, but uh, it, with the writing as well, this book feels adolescent to me. Um, and so the whole idea kind of that it's it's written from an adolescent point of view, I don't know that the writing itself had to be so adolescent, but it certainly feels like this is kick ass telling his own story, um, and and so for that you know, I, I give credit where it's due. Like it it does feel like we're inside an adolescent, you know, like a, a high school boy's head. Um, I just I I just can't get past it. It's just I, I it's real, but it's it's not interesting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you said it was real, not interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, the I kind of do agree with you. Again, I only read. This fourth one, so it's just really hard for me to tell, but it just seemed like I mean, the hit girl and, and big dad are definitely on a mission, and you know, I'm trying to figure out what that is. But you know, and talking about the um context of sidekicks, it's just I think this book does another it just is another example of, of the you know sidekick kind of outshining the you know the mentor, so to speak. Um, and I just hit,
0: hit girl does eventually become kick ass's sidekick, but at this point. Hit girl is big daddy's sidekick. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the yeah. idea here. Yeah. Uh, but we do, st- we do still see her doing, doing the dirty work, mm-hmm. right? Like as far as we know in this issue, big daddy is standing on the sidelines mm-hmm. uh, while hit girl does everything that's like and, required.
2: And to me that was at least an interesting part. Um, Cause I thought this book overall, I, I liked, I mean, it was, it was a perfectly fine book. It's, it's something that if I do get the time, I might um, kind of read at least the rest of the story. But yeah, um, there was a lot of interesting parts to it. And I thought, I like the examples of the, the sidekick kind of proving themselves. I like those stories. So at least there was a little bit of stuff that I found int- specifically kind of, you know, hit girl being able to be so independent.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, it's so much of that, that, that kid realizing like, hey, you know, I'm here to do a mission, you know, and it, it's literally a kid. It's not even like a teenager. Like, no, this is legitimately a child who's out here assassinating wildly and violently um and i thought i thought it was interesting as as we moved on in the in the story how kick-ass was like hey my whole goal here was to like not kill anybody or at least not let it look like i was involved in killing anybody and then talks about you know their feelings and how stressed they are and what what's going on through their mind and you're just like good god you know, for anybody who doesn't know and who doesn't understand the kick character is very much, um, is very much like a high school, you know, uh, named Dave. Right. And it's, it's, this is, this is a high schooler. This isn't somebody who's just, you know, some vigilante that's been doing this for a decade or so. No, this is a high school kid who is not much older, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe early college, you know, I, I, I don't have a, That exact. But I mean, this is clearly not somebody who's done this for a very long time. And so they're talking about, you know, not going to jail, not dealing with the authorities, because there's there's clearly a history there. And I don't want to spoil much for anybody else at home, but like there's there's a there's a very clear history of running into the law and dealing with the law as this kick-ass vigilante. And so it's just it's really interesting to see how the story kind of involves that. And kind of how it bounces back and forth between Kick-Ass and um, Hit-Girl and just the way it goes. I, just, I don't know. I was a big fan through through all those points, honestly. Well, I really, I, I
0: think you know, as this being part of our sidekick month, I think it's important to focus on Hit-Girl here. Um, but a brief aside, this book starts with Dave talking about just how average he is. Mm-hmm. He talks about he's an average student. He's an average kid. He blends into the background of his high school uh and and really i i feel like this is mark miller writing about comic book fans like the fans that he sees at conventions he says these are average kids living average lives and they want to be special they want to feel special and so they keep putting themselves in the you know bodies of superheroes as they're reading these comic books and and dave is a big comic book fan that that's one of the the you know Things That ties this whole story together. That's why he wants to become a superhero in the first place. And so when he becomes a superhero, finally, I think this is Mark Miller's way of saying superhero. It's not all it's cracked up to be kid. Like, I know you want to be special and I know you want to walk around the streets like you're doing some good in the world, but maybe do some good in the world instead of trying to go beat people up because this world of violence is maybe more violent than you can handle. Um. again <laughs> I don't know if I buy it but I think that's the point he's trying to sell
2: sure well, I think he's at least that's one conclusion I drew is that it's not it was almost like a cautionary tale to not kind of emulate your heroes but again I didn't really tie in the violence like you did I mean I know this like comic it's like the comic book violence is very central to this comic and, and even I'm pretty sure the one I read way back after watching the movie did say something. It's like violent and bloody, just like you like it. So, it, 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 you know, I guess I never really thought about violence in that um, while, while reading it, you know, this time around. Instead, I was kind of thinking I do think it's at least a cautionary tale to not emulate your heroes because it's not because you will see, you know, I mean, you will get mixed up and with some really bad guys. I mean, Dave was not equipped to handle these <laughs> these people who were, when he was, you know, hit girl came and assassinated him. He couldn't have done that. So he was clearly in way over his head. And, uh, you know, I, did, I even knew that without having read any of them. So to me, it was more about, you know, don't being a superhero is not all cracked up to be and vigilantism is not, you know, not all vigilantes are good because, you know, there's, they do kill <laughs> some of them kill indiscriminately like hit girl, So it's like, that to mm-hmm. me was, was more of what I took away from like a cautionary tale from the author.
0: I think if I was going to describe this issue in terms of like pacing-wise, which again I think Tom Palmer, who's the artist here, I think he does a great job uh, with the pacing in this issue. But the the first portion of this issue is just an explosion. It's you know a, a brief pause surrounded by crazy action and crazy violence, um, and then we have the middle point of this issue is just like we've got an explosion, and then we've got our ears ringing where we have. Um, Dave just reeling from the fact that he thinks he's going to get brought in for murder. He's not sure he's up to this whole superhero thing. And then as soon as our ears stop ringing from this explosion, we end up with a little bit of comedy just to remind you that not everything is violent in this book. So we get a little bit of he calls into the the salon where this woman, he's taken this job from this woman. He calls into the salon to say, hey, I uh, dealt with your ex, but I didn't kill him. And she says, "Okay, wink, wink. I'm sure you didn't. Um, but it's fine, it's actually good for us. Uh good work. And he's like, No, but I didn't do it. And she she is pumped that kick ass has taken it upon himself to kill her ex, which um again, not sure I have the stomach for this one, boys.
2: Um, oh yeah, that's, follow,
0: that's followed up. He's talking about like, and then after this, everybody's emulating me, but they're not emulating me the right way. They've turned it into some creepy sex thing. Um, where they're, everyone's dressing up as superheroes and just banging all the time. And like, and that part, that's the part of the book I can get behind. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Then like rapidly, we move on to like, remember that Dave's pretending to be gay so he can get closer to this girl that he likes in school. And like, what the hell is going on in this book? It's just a lot, a lot. That's what's going on in this book. (laughs) Dave's pretending to be gay. He's telling his friends, I'm not gay. I'm metrosexual, which I wrote down in my notes. Do you remember when metrosexual was a thing?
2: Yeah, I, mean, yeah, it I like, mean, it was when we were. It would have been like right around 2010. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like when we were, were graduating. Like, high yeah, school. like 2006, seven.
0: So yeah, I mean, then we got we got metrosexual stuff. We're talking about comic nerds, and then suddenly the mob is involved. I mean, this whole book we have big explosive action sequence to start the book, followed by Dave might be hanging up the tights, but then he immediately assures us he's not hanging up the tights. Um And then immediately followed by, hey, by the way, there's some fetishists dressing up as superheroes. Hey, by the way, uh, Johnny G's kid is a comic book nerd. Also, Dave is still pretending to be gay. Uh, Also, I mean, we couldn't have more exploring these other things. We spent so much time on this bloody action sequence to begin the book. We have so many more things to cover in the second half of the book. And they're all relegated to like half a page.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> I mean yeah that, that's a fair point I mean <laughs> it's uh I mean to me it's just like the humor was like only what I could describe as like a Tim and Eric style humor where it's just surreal and like it's to me nothing really meant anything like there was no big like you know it's like well you know why did he pretend to be gay to get the girl and why is that in there it's just like I don't I don't know it's I don't I think it was just put together without a reason and I don't know I can appreciate that once in a while it's just not something to even try to comprehend. I don't know. I think those stories are okay once in a while. I think it's just well, silly. I, I think it's just silly I, is what I would say.
0: I do think this book does a good job of capturing like, like the, the mind of a, of a high school boy. This idea that he feels like he blends into the background. He wants to be special. And what does he do to be special? He dresses up as a superhero. And what does he do to be special? He pretends to be gay to get close to the girl he likes. And the whole time... He's selfish. He's thinking so much about, I want to be special. He's not thinking about, my dad is a single dad already, worried to death about me. And I'm going to keep going out and putting my life in danger. I'm going to put myself around this girl who murders people without question, without thought. I'm going to put myself in a situation where I'm fighting criminals who have guns. And I have, what, a a stick? (laughs) I'm dressed in a scuba suit and I carry around a stick. I'm going to put myself in danger. I'm going to pretend to be gay to get close to this girl. And I'm not going to think about her feelings. And I'm certainly not going to think about the feelings of someone who might actually be gay in high school. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do everything I can to feel special on my own without worrying about how the world deals. I mean, come on. It's it's selfish and it's exactly how adolescent boys act. Uh, I'm just not sure that I uh, I loved the book, even though it was it did feel real to me at least that part of it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, to me, it, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think I said a totally different perspective on it. It was, it, I mean, it was It was perfectly fine. Like I said, my only real complaint was with some of the dialogue. And it, it's just, it was It was a very immature book. But like I said, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, I can't have, speci- I don't have specific reasons for saying I like this or not about the book. To me, it was just a, a silly, easy read. And and I, I'm, I was here for that. You know, I, I don't care if it, is real or unrealistic? At least to me, it was just—it was just everything in it was just turned up to eleven. And like I said, the only thing that bothered me is the dialogue because I, I like—I just like a little bit more thought into that. But um, you know, everything else to me was just like silly fun. And, and at eleven, which is you know, is fine with me.
1: No, and that's fair. I mean, again, I—I I liked it because it was there was a lot of that shock value, kind of what I mentioned earlier. And it just, yeah, jumped out to me as something. I was wholly unfamiliar with, you know, I've, of course, I've seen the movies and things like that, but it was a comic I was unfamiliar with, wanted to try it on for size. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we read it and glad you guys read it. Um, Any final takeaways on this one? Other than the fact that Graham was not, it did not sit well with Graham and that Steven was desensitized to violence.
2: Yeah. we're learning yes, mate. this is
1: Stephen's favorite book
0: of all time and it's my <laughs> least favorite yeah. book of all time and alex is in the middle yes
2: yeah. we all jumped <laughs> <laughs> no I, I
0: i do i i think there are good things to take from this book there's a reason a lot of people like this book uh i i love tom miller's art in it um steven uh, i'm gonna throw you a bone here i i, I think the art of uh not Tom Miller, Tom Palmer. Sorry. I'm combining the uh the artist and and, yeah. the, and the and the author. Um but Tom Palmer's art, I think especially the shading um makes this feel like approaching Frank Miller's Sin City, like we're we're getting close to that realm. Um and I think with the violence especially, uh we kind of end up getting that same gritty feeling without being so I think Frank Miller's feels more crime noir adult mm-hmm. and this feels a little more comic book kid in high school um so overall i, I thought the book was okay um it's not a book that uh, i i I, re- I did read through uh the first the eight issues that make up the first season of kick ass just as a way to try to understand where this story was going uh i don't think i'm gonna read kick ass two or kick ass three <laughs> um but uh but yeah it was it was all right
2: it was all right <laughs> i mean it's uh like i said if i there's a lot of we're gonna talk about so many more there's gonna be so many more things in my queue to to read so i don't know when i'd get around to this one but i'm at least interested in in reading the other seven issues of this little run but you know and and to clear things up i'm not uh i don't think i'm super desensitized to violence because still like i like i said i don't like the i don't like the realistic violence when when it's when it's portrayed in movies to like you know, just be gross, you know, like to be, you know, like human centipede stuff like that to me is like sick. You know, I I just think that anything turned up for comedic effect is funny. That's my, that's my disclaimer there. (laughs) That's
1: fair. That's fair. Well, I'm glad that we read this one and appreciate you guys checking it out with me this week. Obviously, um, I enjoyed it, but I think that's going to do it for this month, right, Graham?
0: That's going to do it for our, our month of sidekicks. Uh, do we have any takeaways overall for the month? What do we think about sidekicks or at least our issues when it comes to sidekicks?
2: Well, I've, I've come to the conclusion that sidekicks as we know it in the sixties and seventies, eighties, where they were basically just, you know, there to be, you know, zany and do stupid stuff. I think, uh, I think that's just a relic of the past because I think in every, everything we've read and everything I've read, the sidekick is almost always better than the the mentor. So I think that the sidekicks are progressing quite fast.
0: That's right. Yeah, all of the modern books have very competent sidekicks. Yeah. Alex, what do you think about sidekicks?
1: I'm glad this was how we kind of started the year. Some um, great stuff for characters that we don't really get to hear about or talk about as much. So I was, I was happy that this is how we kicked off 2022, and I'm looking forward to the next 11 themes for the coming year. That's right. The uh, now that
0: we've got sidekicks out of the way, I don't know what's left to cover in comic books. That's uh, that's all there is. Yeah,
2: we did. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, did, did we did mentors and, and we did sidekicks. Yeah, that's just shut it down. <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> Wrap it up. Yeah. Well, at the uh, at the risk of continuing after we've already covered everything there is to cover, uh, coming up next month, we in the month of February, uh, I went obvious when I picked the theme for this month. Uh, it's a theme we're going to call graphic love stories. Uh, take that however you will. Um, our uh, our book for next week is my book on the theme. We're starting out with Sex Criminals number no. 1 from 2013. Uh, we hope you read along with that one. This is Matt Fraction uh, writing and uh, Chip Starsky as the artist uh, with uh, colors by Becca Kinsey. Uh, Matt Fraction, you may remember, he is the author of the Hawkeye run that has the current Disney Plus uh, TV show. Uh, so his his writing is on television right now. Um, I I love a lot of Matt fraction stuff, but uh, our, our rundown for this book, Susie's a normal girl with an extraordinary ability. When she has sex, she stops time. One night she meets John who has the same gift. And so they do what any other sex having time stopping couple would do. They rob banks In the vein of 40-Year-Old Virgin and Bridesmaids, Image Comics invites you to come along with Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky for the series that puts the comic back in comics and the sexy back in sex crimes. So uh, we hope you join us next week as we uh, bring in sexy back. Do we have any parting thoughts, boys?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to bring sexy back but I just had to point out that when you introduced the topic you said graphic love stories take that however you want to and then you said we're gonna talk about sex criminals number one so I think there's only one way to take it
1: yeah. <laughs> we're going right at it yep.
0: that's right that's right yeah so yeah the first one might be a little on the nose <laughs> the uh, you'll see that my uh, my partners in crime here on the podcast will be a little more i i think i think a little more nuanced uh with the topic as we move forward uh but we're starting off uh hitting it hard and we're hitting it good (laughs) well with that if we don't have any if we don't have any other parting thoughts uh with that we hope you enjoyed our talk about uh kick ass we hope that you fell somewhere Uh, on the spectrum between Steven and I and our love for this issue. Uh, We hope that you enjoy just over the top violence, uh, or we hope you abhor over the top violence. Uh, We hope you join us as we start our month of graphic love stories. We hope you go to your local comic shop. We hope you approach the counter and tell the person at the counter, make mine paperback. We'll see you next week.